Tougher penalties for fentanyl dealers. The Bills' Governor Abbott signed into law today to crack down on the deadly drug and why some are saying this doesn't address the heart of the problem. Watching for another isolated thunderstorm this evening and the heat wave keeps building in first warning weather. And saving a life may be just one call away. How integral care is getting more funding to save more lives. This afternoon, Governor Greg Abbott signed four bills into law that aim to address the fentanyl crisis, which claimed the lives of 2,000 Texans last year. Thanks for joining us at 5. I'm Daniel Marine. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. Among them, House Bill 6, it increases criminal penalties for people who distribute and manufacture fentanyl. But as our Monica Madden reports, some advocates are worried about unintended consequences of stiffer drug penalties. I'm going to share it with you guys. Reading an entry from her son Tucker's journal. I really want to be something great. Texas mom Stephanie Turner weeps, reading about Tucker's desire to beat drug addiction before relapsing. He later died after taking what he thought was a Xanax pill laced with fentanyl. It was so painful to lose a child. A story resonating with dozens of other grieving parents, holding up posters to represent their child's lives. We currently are at war, and our children are casualties of this war. Turner hopes these new laws, including one named after her son, will make a difference. As, as glad I am that this is getting so much attention, I, I feel like a lot of it is very misguided. Recovery therapist Joseph Gordo has concerns about the increased penalties. We've been in a drug war since the 80s, and we've seen the results, right? Drug use is at, all, is at an all-time high. He worries the penalties might make people afraid to report overdoses and doesn't think it addresses the root problems of addiction. If we want to help folks who are struggling with addiction, then we can't keep making them criminals. Instead, Gordo wants more treatment programs and harm reduction tools like fentanyl testing strips, which failed to pass this session. The governor believes tougher penalties will save lives. But I think this is the best pathway forward to achieve a goal. Monica Madden, KXAN News. And one bill the governor did not sign into law today would provide Narcan on public grade school campuses. Now, if the governor does not sign or veto bills by Sunday, then they do automatically become law. And Congress is also considering legislation to toughen criminal penalties for fentanyl-related drugs. Just last month, the House passed the HALT Fentanyl Act. It increases the penalty for illegally manufacturing or distributing fentanyl-related drugs to a minimum of 10 years and a maximum of life in prison. The act passed the House with bipartisan support, but it faces opposition in the Senate. Some Democrats worry harsher sentences disproportionately affect persons of color, and opponents have called for putting more emphasis on overdose prevention and addiction treatment. Also last month, deputies in Hayes County arrested and charged an 18-year-old with murder for the overdose death of a 15-year-old boy from Kyle. Jaquel Ray is also charged with delivery of a controlled substance or marijuana to a minor, which is a second-degree felony. Investigators found the victim's death was caused by an accidental drug overdose, specifically from fentanyl. They believe Ray sold the fentanyl to the victim. Hayes County has seen several fentanyl overdose deaths within the last year. This week, Texas took the first step toward eliminating mandatory vehicle safety inspections statewide. Governor Greg Abbott signed the new legislation into law. It's set to take effect in 2025. Now, some Texans will still be required to undergo emissions tests. 
Currently, 17 counties require the annual test, including Travis and Williamson counties. That's mandated for all gasoline-powered vehicles. While motorcyclists and diesel-powered vehicles are exempt, we do have more details on this new law and the changes to come online at KXAN.com. Well, sometimes a phone call can truly save a life. That's the work Integral Care's 988 Lifeline Call Center is doing. And now that Austin Center is one of two in Texas getting more funding to enhance and expand their crisis response system. This is the second year of Integral Care's 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline and experts gathered today to discuss the first year's milestones and the importance of the work they do. Sometimes people just need to hear another voice of support, and that's what 988 offers. And so we hope that rather people call, text, or chat, that they're able to make a human connection and be able to talk about what's happening with them. And call takers answered nearly 12,000 calls from Texans just this last month. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, i got to check my watch to see what day of the week it is. Lake Marble Falls is busy, looking like a weekend out here with some boaters, tubers, and folks on jet skis. Hot, hazy day here in the hill country on the Highland Furniture River City Grill. Cam, not out that way, but from Austin eastward, we do have a heat advisory, not only today, but in effect overnight and through 8 p.m. tomorrow for a dangerous combination of heat and humidity. It is hot out in the hill country as well, 94 in Marble Falls, 99 in in Mason. We're in the mid-90s in most areas from Austin and Georgetown eastward, but you factor in the humidity, which is also high out west. It feels like 105 to even 111 in the shade at this hour. We are watching a quiet little boundary that moved into the northern hill country and is now sitting north of Austin this evening. Like in prior afternoons and evenings, we may see a couple isolated storms develop, so stick around. Coming up, I'll show you when and where that's most likely this evening and the heat that keeps intensifying. Also, how long this persistent haze looks to stick around. All right, David, thank you. As legal troubles mount for former President Donald Trump, more Republicans are sharing their concerns. Trump's former running mate turned rival Mike Pence is now becoming more vocal. But as NBC's Alice Barr tests, uh, tells us, he and other candidates are trying to balance criticizing the former president without alienating his supporters. One day after former President Donald Trump pleaded not guilty to 37 counts of knowingly mishandling classified documents and concealing them from investigators, he's blasting the federal charges and publicly projecting confidence. We will take back our country. While privately a source in contact with him tells NBC News the former president knows he's entering a period of long and uncertain legal battles and is bracing for the possibility of more indictments. His response to go on the attack against the Justice Department. Corrupt Department of Injustice who think they are above the law. Attorney General Merrick Garland today refusing to comment on the indictment while defending special counsel Jack Smith and insisting that appointing him to run the investigation underscores the Justice Department's commitment to both independence and accountability. A Trump spokesman telling NBC News the former president is taking up all the oxygen in the 2024 GOP primary, leaving Republican rivals at a crossroads, some sharpening their rhetoric. This indictment contains serious charges, and I cannot defend what is alleged. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley lobbing similar criticism while at the same time... I would be inclined in favor of a pardon. Other candidates taking Mr. Trump head on. Right now, Donald Trump's not going to be able to win in a November election. 
and it's going to get worse before it gets better. The conduct that's detailed in that indictment, it's reckless. It's harmful to, to American national security. A pivotal moment in the race for the White House and the nation's future. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Delivery drivers are getting a much needed break from the heat. The company to add air conditioning in delivery trucks. And the Federal Reserve is putting a hold on interest rates, how inflation comes into play. Plus, police officers from across Texas are training in San Marcos, but it's not just them, it's their horses too. Uh, the skills they're learning now will help with Austin crowds. Today, the Federal Reserve said it will keep its key interest rates at about 5%. This is the first time the rate has held steady in more than a year. Now, the reason for the hold, it appears inflation is finally easing. Now, the Fed wants some time to see if all its previous rate increases are enough to keep prices from rising. Rates have been raised 10 times in a row between March of 2022 and May of 2023. For the first time, air conditioning will be installed in UPS's iconic brown delivery trucks. Labor leaders at UPS have complained for years that working in hot weather can become unbearable and even dangerous. The tentative deal would require air conditioning systems, new heat shields, and additional fans in UPS's fleet of vehicles. So this all comes as voting is underway on whether to authorize a strike if negotiations over a new contract fail. The results of the vote are set to be announced on Friday. Friday. And that is sure needed these days. High temperatures ended up in the 90s today in Austin, shy of 100. But what was most impressive, the morning low, 80 degrees. If we end the day that way, that would be a record warm morning low for the day at Camp Mabry. Out at Austin Bergstrom, tying a record warm morning at 79, afternoon highs at 94. Your first morning forecast and the chance of a couple storms coming up. Today, dozens of police officers from across the state came to San Marcos to train with their horses. Now, during the annual mounted patrol training, officers ran through drills and formations, all in an effort to help them better prepare for managing large crowds. KXN's Sarah Alsheh gives us an inside look at the process. Practicing different formations and running through drills, these are mounted patrol units from police departments across Texas. Among those in the lineup, the Austin Police Department. Some of the formations that you saw were column formations, line formations, and wedge formations. They're formations that are very effective in crown management. Sergeant Al Garibay with APD's Mounted Patrol Unit says this training helps them break up crowds, whether on 6th Street during the weekends. Allows us to safely move uh, the pedestrians that are on the street and encourage them to move to the sidewalks. Or during protests. Corporal James Pittman says this training helps him and his horse, Bishop, build muscle memory. When we're actually in the heat of it and we're dealing with the crowds, the sound, the chaos, we don't have to think about what we want our horse to do. We can just, we, it goes, that we go right into it. Gerald Sams, co-owner of Mounted Patrol International, the organizers of this training, says this is a more peaceful way of managing large crowds. And everything is geared toward using less force. We can use less horses, less people, and come to a peaceful resolution. Um, and that's, that's our goal. For Pittman, while it takes time working through these exercises, he says it's more than just a job. Working with the horses to me is like therapy. I don't even feel like an officer sometimes, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with them. Sarah Alsheh, KXAN News. 
And the Austin Police Department says its mounted patrol unit currently has 14 police officers, two supervisors, and 16 horses. Along with managing crowds, the unit also helps with search and rescues, as well as clearing heavily wooded areas of homeless camps. Back in 2012, Austin voters approved money for a new mounted patrol facility to include more space and a covered arena. APD purchased an 88-acre site near the Circuit of the Americas the year before. And while that facility is in use, some up still need to be done, such as repaving the driveway, painting, and updating the barn. Now, APD says once everything is done, they plan to hold a grand opening for the community. Uh, David, I was wondering what that haze was earlier today, and I, I checked your weather blog on our website, and yeah. yep, there was the answer. A lot of people are wondering as well. Yeah, it's still on the website if you want to share with friends and family. It's a combination of the humidity and also a little agricultural burning smoke from Mexico. Let me show you what it looks like outside. It's just as hazy as it was yesterday, and we are seeing a little bit of an impact, unfortunately, to our air quality. Look at that nasty brown color on one of our best computer models. This one actually doesn't track clouds or rain or lightning. It tracks smoke in the atmosphere. Here we are right now. I'll take you through the next couple of days and notice these persistent south and southeast winds blowing from that seasonal agricultural burning in Mexico. They just keep varying quantities of smoke in the sky, possibly even getting a little thicker out here on Friday. The TCEQ, Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, who monitors our air quality and things like Mexican smoke, uh, say that our skies will remain hazy through at least Friday. Unfortunately, the air quality forecast, which has been taking us into the moderate category, is actually undershooting. Just like yesterday, right now out there this evening, we are one category down from there, unhealthy for some. That doesn't mean much for 99% of us, but people with heart and lung disease, the very old and also the very young, you might want to limit your outdoor exertion. Basically limit how much of these little particles that you're breathing in. Here's what you need to know in the forecast. Heat is just beginning. We stayed at 95 degrees today in Austin, but the next seven or more days should be consecutive, uh, consecutively spent in the triple digits. Hazy skies stick around through Friday and possibly through the weekend, and that's not going to make it any more pleasant as these temperatures just look awful. High temperatures tomorrow up to 101. Record highs of four degrees hotter on Friday. Father's Day, Juneteenth, next week, we really don't yet see much relief to what could be one of the hottest mid to late June periods in Austin record-keeping history. We're also watching a little chance of rain, though. Nothing like what our friends in the Deep South are seeing. Severe thunderstorm, tornado watches. This could be the most significant severe weather outbreak in the Deep South in June since 2014. Back here at home, that same stalled front is still sitting just north of Austin. And this, combined with all the energy that you feel out there in the atmosphere, could mean an isolated storm this evening. The severe storm threat, it's not very high. Northwest of Austin, just a one out of five threat of a storm producing wind or hail damage. But tomorrow, the storms could be a little more widespread. Thursday evening, one out of five threat for many, including Austin, and a two out of five risk for parts of the hill country. Even with a couple of these isolated storms during the heat and humidity of each evening. Most of us just don't see much rain over the next week. Seven-day rainfall totals either nothing or up to about a quarter of an inch on average, most likely north of Austin. We just got a new high-resolution computer model run in at 5 o'clock. I think it's doing a good job. No rain on the radar now, but over the next couple of hours along that boundary, a couple of strong storms may be able to maintain intensity and move southeastward from the northern hill country into Burnett and maybe Williamson counties. Now, this model has been a little heavy-handed, keep in mind, but I do think 
think the storms affect very few of us and likely die out before much of an impact along the I-35 corridor. Tomorrow will look pretty similar. Tonight's forecast, just like last night, it might be record warm for the calendar day. Lows of only 79 as isolated storms fade. Tomorrow, luck uh, avoiding the triple digits runs out. 101 with heat and humidity abundant. A few isolated storms. Rain chances up a little bit tomorrow to 20%. Then it's just record heat with a couple of more isolated storms through Father's Day weekend. Next week, absurd, 106, 107. We have never before recorded those temperatures in Austin on those calendar days. And we've had a thermometer here since the 1890s. All right. Thank you so much, David. Well, there's a glimmer of hope in the fight against the deadliest form of brain cancer. Glioblastoma accounts for almost half of all malignant brain tumors. Now, once the diagnosis is made, patients often only have months to live. But now there's potential progress. Early results from an experimental vaccine show it could double life expectancy. If this patient had just received standard of care, which would be surgery, chemo, and radiation, how long would their life expectancy be? Uh, about 15 to 16 months, something and on that order. how long has this patient lived? Over four years. Wow, four years. Well, coming up on NBC Nightly News, NBC's Ann Thompson looks into how this experimental drug works and what other types of cancer it may be able to treat one day. Two men are taking a backyard game to the big stage, how they're representing Central Texas in a national league. Well, after more than two decades as America's top-selling beer, Bud Light is no longer on top, but a beer from Bud Light's parent company is. Modelo captured 8.4% of the market in the last measurement, while Bud Light won just over 7.3%. Bud Light's drop in sales is likely the result of fallout after transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney appeared on Instagram with a customized Bud Light can that led to boycotts. Now, one industry observer said overall Bud Light sales have been yeah. down more than 24%. You may have been the champion of your friend's Memorial Day Cornhole Tournament, but two Central Texans have taken the backyard pastime to a whole new level. Eddie Grindersleeve and Caleb Batson took home the doubles national title in professional cornhole in Portland, Oregon this past weekend, marking their first national professional win. So Grindersleeve has been playing as a professional for about five years. He's played with his partner for three. There's only 256 players in the American Cornhole League, so it's really not that easy to get into. He says the key is getting to getting good is playing often. Lots of practice. Lots of practice. Uh, yeah, players that are, are, that are throwing, you know, 50 bags, 52 bags in a row and aren't missing. So you have to be able to keep up with that. So it takes a lot of time and practice. And the partners won $11,000 at the tournament. If you'd like to read more about their journey and how the sport is really gaining popularity under this story, just check this story out now at KXAN.com. Well, coming up tonight on KXAN, we have Night Court at 7 o'clock, Chicago Fire at 8, and Chicago PD at 9 o'clock before KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can get us an hour earlier on KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. And here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.